We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur a financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron. Hey, we're Aaron and Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to share with you seven traits of a spiritual leader. So Aaron, with today's episode uh, being about a spiritual leader, why don't you start us off by just sharing what is a spiritual leader? So uh, the idea is that, you know, God's organized and ordained and um, put into place an order to everything. He took, um, it's essentially what he did when he made creation. He took chaos and made order out of it. Um, and so he's given order to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, any entrepreneur, any business owner knows that a company will only be successful if it has order. And it works the same way in relationships and in life. Um, now, the world doesn't like that idea. <laughs> doesn't like that as an order in marriage. Um, but there is. And as biblical people, as marriages after God, we want to adhere to the Bible's order. Um, we don't want to, I, I don't want to put my own opinions on it. You don't want to put your own opinions on it. Um, and the Bible gives an order. And, you know, if we look at um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23, it says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. And so when we read on, there's this picture of a body. And there's a head and there's a body. And, and we always talk about this. The husband represents Christ. The woman represents the church. And, and our marriage represents what God's doing in the world. Mm-hmm. And so we're a symbol. Our marriage is a symbol. Um, so I don't have authority or power just because I'm the man and I decide that. Um, there is a derived authority that comes from the word of God and that comes from God himself. And I need to be obedient to this. Um, I don't just get power and authority because I, I demand it. Um, I actually have to walk in what the Bible tells me to walk in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get to just operate how I want to operate as a spiritual leader, as the head of the home. Um, I operate the way the Bible wants me to. And so we take what the Bible says and we say, okay, how are we going to walk in what it says, not in what the world says? And so that's where we get this idea of spiritual leader is, is headship and uh, roles in the home. So today we're going to be talking to the guys. Yeah, it's going to be the husbands um, now, but I'm going to get your perspective and opinion yep. on these things. Um, you're going to get to share areas that I've dropped the ball, um, areas that I've grown in, um, just so that we can use our own personal experience of me learning to walk in spiritual leadership in my home. Yeah, um, and I think it's good that husbands and wives both know what a spiritual leader should look like and act like right. and be like so that we can operate and encourage one another in that. And yeah. so I think it's a really going to be a really great episode and I'm really excited about it. And, um, yeah, I just, I think that, um, this just, this is just a really important topic to cover, especially since it is the husbands that lead yeah. the wives and the children. Well, we get a lot of um, questions all the time of, of wives asking like, how am I supposed to encourage my husband to, to lead in this way? We get mm-hmm. a lot of that. We, I get husbands all the time saying, Hey, I don't even know what it looks like to mm-hmm. be a spiritual leader. Where do I start? And so we thought we'd come up with a list of traits that a spiritual leader should have. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are things that we move towards and we grow in and we mature in. Mm-hmm. But if we at least have like a foundation of like, okay, that's, those are things that I should be looking for and growing in and asking the Lord to change in me. And uh, again, the, the reason we're doing this is not that like, hey, men, you need to be stronger in the home and you need to, you know, get more authority. And no, what we're, what we're trying to do is when we walk 
in these ways, in the biblical ways, we we represent Christ accurately to the world. We walk in the ministry that God's given us in our marriages. We are a more accurate representation of the gospel. Again, the purpose in all of this is obedience to God, serving him, mm-hmm. loving him, and being used by him for his purposes, not our own. Yeah. It's not to get what I want. It's not to to move, you know, what I want moved and to um, to benefit the way I want to benefit. Those are actually unbiblical and ungodly ways of thinking. Um, the only reason I would want to be the spiritual leader is because God's asked me to. The only reason I would want to be a good spiritual leader is because it benefits God and his kingdom. And of course, it benefits everyone in my home. Yep. Um, so that's where our heart is. Um, so before we jump into the, the seven traits of a spiritual leader, why don't you just give some perspective and, and background on your journey as a spiritual leader and how you've grown in this area? Uh, well, I mean, I'm still, again, I'm not an expert. Well, you I'm, didn't start out either yeah. knowing, you know, exactly how I didn't, should vote I didn't have much marriage. mentors in my life to show me what it looked like to be a spiritual leader, um, and to have that role. And, you know, I, th- I feel like I've had come the farthest in this walk in the last few years, mm-hmm. um, of just really embracing it, especially with having kids. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I need to step up my game. Just being more disciplined, I think, and yeah. being intentional with these. Discipline's a good word. Yeah. Um, that we, that I've disciplined myself and I've been learning to discipline myself and train myself to walk a certain way mm-hmm. and to be a certain way because of what it means, mm-hmm. um, for my wife, for my marriage, for my children, and what it means for our ministry, um, the, the outside world seeing who we are. Um, and it's not just to have an image, but it's, to portray an image, mm-hmm. um, Christ's image in this world. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm learning still. Um, it was I, hard in the beginning, and I, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm always <laughs> falling on my face every day, but um, learning a lot yeah. and still growing in it and asking and praying over it and, and trying to mature. Well, I'll say from my perspective, I've seen a huge growth, like you said, specifically in the last few years, um, and as you've embraced kind of this um, spiritual headship in our marriage and family and just taking on some of those, um, mm-hmm. some of these traits that we're going to be talking about and really just like being intentional to walk walk them out and, and being that example. Um, and I've just been really encouraged by your willingness to walk this way because mm-hmm. it has benefited our whole family. And- hey, we just wanted to take a quick break from this week's episode to invite you and your spouse to take Jennifer and I's 31-day marriage prayer challenge. We wrote 31 prayers for my husband and 31 prayers for my wife to encourage couples in their prayer life for one another. So if you're interested in taking our challenge, as thousands of couples have already done, please go to marriageaftergod.com forward slash challenge at the end of this episode, and you'll get more information about the challenge. Thousands of couples have already gone through this prayer challenge, and we're so excited to be able to extend this to you and invite you to participate. We dare your marriage. Um, you know, just looking back over the beginning, like if I look back to the beginning of our marriage, um, you had some of these and, you know, or maybe a little bit of all of them, but you've really grown in the way that you've understood well, them you. and, and understood the, the why. Yeah, and and the, I think the goal for any Christian is that we grow mm-hmm. in our faith, we grow in our yeah. maturity, we grow in our, in our holiness and purity mm-hmm. and, and moving towards it. We don't do those things for our salvation. We yeah. do them from our salvation, yeah. right? Because we have the Holy Spirit empowering mm-hmm. us to walk the way Christ walked, to walk yeah. closer with God, to love Him with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I would also add to that that as you have grown in your relationship with God and, and drawn closer to Him, mm-hmm. these things have naturally grown in you. 
which they should. Yeah. Um, but some of them also have taken me making changes in my life yeah. um, to make those priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to say, going back to the, the the reason we do this is because we have a ministry in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't watched, um, if you haven't uh, checked out our episode on um, your marriage being your first ministry, you need to check that out. Go download it or go watch it. Um, but the purpose we do any of these things is is to bring glory to God and to grow His kingdom. Mm-hmm. And it always starts in our home mm-hmm. and it radiates from there. And I just want to mention that um, because of some of the things that I've recently been um, operating in, you know, doing our family Bible times, which is a, yeah. a fairly new thing in the last year and a half, mm-hmm. um, I, I've been getting messages from men that have been implementing family Bible time in That's their so homes. Cool. That's awesome. So just by my simple obedience, mm-hmm. um, and of course I'm, I'm showing it on social media, yeah. um, but I'm doing it intentionally mm-hmm. to be an example. Um, other men have been encouraged and stepped up in it. So it's amazing what just our, our little bit of obedience mm-hmm. and discipline can influence people outside of our homes. Mm-hmm. And like, again, that's the whole purpose of what yeah. we're doing is, is to bring a godly influence in the world. Um, so, I think we can jump into these traits. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the seven traits, and then we're gonna bring up some scripture for them to just reinforce the idea. Um, and then you're gonna probably just bring up things that you've seen and experienced <laughs> um, along the way to show how it benefits the home, yeah, um, or can hurt the home. Okay. So number one is a spiritual leader is generous and encourages family to be that as well. Yeah. So generosity. Um, I know that many people are the first thing they're gonna think is money, mm-hmm. um, which that is important. Um, but generosity, think about it this way. Um, actually, when we were talking about notes for this, the thing that I, I the, the words that came to my mind was others focused. Mm-hmm. Um, generosity essentially is giving to others. Yeah. It could be time. Money. Energy. Yeah, love. F- physicalness. Like if you, if someone needs help moving, like. Yeah, using your body. And, yeah. So it's, it's others focused. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the opposite of selfishness. Selfishness is essentially asking everyone to be generous to me. I want you to give to me. I want that person to help me. I want that person to 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 benefit me. Um, generosity is is just on the base level giving to others. Yep. Um, you know that usually is going to come in the form of money. In just in most definitions of generosity, um, but a spiritual leader should first and foremost be others focused, yeah. uh, not self focused, yeah. not selfish, not always desiring because that is the, is a backwards mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you going to serve me as my wife? I want you to give to me. I want you to, to give me time, your energy, your physical touch. Um, I want my friends to give me, I want my kids to serve me in this way. And I, it's just all, it's like a vortex sucking <laughs> in energy from everywhere, um, into itself. Um, have you experienced me being selfish in that way? Because I definitely have been. Well, in the, yes, in the past uh, more so than recently I feel like that that was a struggle but um, I do want to point mm. out that um, we have be an- gentle <laughs> no, I'm just kidding I'm not, it's not personal I'm, I just okay. want to make a note that it's important to have um, like the order that you were talking about to, to be right and mm-hmm. even though it is others focused like you're saying it's really important that um, this aspect of generosity and really all the traits that we're going to talk about starts at home with your wife and children mm-hmm. right wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree that that balance oh, yeah. is really important that before you even give of your time energy talents whatever to other people it starts with the others right here in your home right yeah because I we've I, again we get messages all the time about all sorts of mm-hmm. things and someone asked and said my husband gives over here so much and so much to all these other people and doesn't give anything to us. Mm-hmm. What, how am I supposed to deal with that? Not, my first thing is like, 
Well, he shouldn't be. <laughs> well, it's really hard though. I, I want to say this for people listening because they might be able to relate to this. It's really hard when they're doing it in the name of ministry. And I don't want right, to pick on a certain yeah. ministry because it happens in all of them. But if you are Yeah, I'm doing this doing for God. This, therefore, you're all going to suffer because exactly. I'm doing this for God. Yeah. And it is backwards. And so I just want to encourage if, if there's that imbalance in your home for those listening mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that the other's focused portion starts right there with your yeah. wife and your children. And not to keep referencing the marriage as your first ministry, but I think we will because <laughs> when you are a spiritual leader, you recognize your marriage as a ministry. Yeah. Um, when the balance is correct and I'm, and I have a generous mind and a generous heart and my goal is to love you and serve you the way the Bible tells me to mm-hmm. and my children, mm-hmm. there's going to be a, such a fullness and an richness and a richness in your, in your guys' um, lives. And you're going to feel so secure, secure in our relationship mm-hmm. that when I am doing call to something outside the home ministry wise, you're on the same page with me yeah. and you actually desire you're like oh no go, go do what god's called you I'm to do because i'm full i'm full like i have what yeah you've given us already yeah there's a oneness and, and a teammanship yeah. that allows me to now operate in that way and mm-hmm. serve in that way mm-hmm. um so it's not backwards where like oh no you just need to deal right. with the suffering and go suffer and i'm going to go over here and serve yeah okay so i want to get into some scripture um yep. pro- i'm going to start with proverbs 11:25. It says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. That's an awesome scripture. It's a proverb. You know, there's there's tons of truth in that. And um, the idea is that, especially in marriage when you're one, yep. um, the Bible tells us in Ephesians that if I, I've never um, not fed myself, right? Because I love my, myself, I feed myself. Therefore, I should feed my wife because mm-hmm. we're one. Mm-hmm. I should love my wife because we're one. And by doing so, I'm loving myself. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm watering my wife and giving to my wife and I'm generous to her and I'm pouring into her and washing her with the water by the word, like the Ephesians tells us, and if I'm doing that to my children and I'm making sure that they feel secure and loved and discipled and that my heart is at home mm-hmm. with them, then when I'm away, they're not going to be craving that and being and just always thinking like, where's dad at? And is he here with and us? And you won't feel that tension mm-hmm. coming from them. So it makes whatever ministry you're working on or whatever work you're doing or whatever reason right. you pulled away from us easier. Well, and the fruit of the watering and the feeding and the planting that I do in my home, I get to benefit from. Mm-hmm. Seeing my children be cherished and, and just grow yeah. up mature and um, you know loving and, yeah. and kind. And seeing my wife just being cherished and filled mm-hmm. and just wanting to give back to me and serve me in that way. Yeah. It's a fruit, it's a direct fruit. Yeah. Um, and you've experienced both sides mm-hmm. of that, me neglecting you and me giving mm-hmm. to you. Yep. Um, so a spiritual leader should have this outward heart of generosity. So let's just jump into another scripture about this idea of generosity, and it's in 2 Corinthians, and we're going to start in chapter 8, and it says this in verse 7, but as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also, and Paul's talking about generosity. He's talking to the Corinthian church and how they had this desire to give to another church, you know, another part of the body. And he says, I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. And in all this matter, I give my judgment. This benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So he's just, he's talking to the Corinthians, he's like, you desire to do this work of giving generously to this other church who is in great poverty. 
because the church was eager to bless them and serve them in that way financially. And he's like, and he's saying, you know, Christ, you're, you're being the example that Christ gave. Christ came and though he was rich, became poor so that you may become rich. Mm-hmm. And he's saying like, you're giving of yourself the same way Christ did. Even though you're rich, you're becoming poor for their sake. And he's using these big terms and the idea is not that we would, you know, become poor. But he's saying that you have this heart of Christ, of generosity. And I think of, of God. And, it, you know, the Bible tells us, says, we did not love first. It says that we love because God first loved us. Mm-hmm. And there's this reciprocation that because God's given to us, of course I want to give. Because God loves me, of course I'm going to serve you and love you. Um, and so we, we, we are able to be generous because of who was first generous to us. You know what John 3.16 said? For God so loved the world that he gave. Mm -hmm. And what did he give? The most valuable thing that he had, his son Jesus. And so that's where we start our foundation on. We start our foundation as spiritual leaders of understanding who had given to us first, and that allows us to give of everything. That's really good. Um, do you also want to read 2 Corinthians 9-7? Yeah, so that, that attaches to the first part. And in, in second, the next chapter, in chapter 9, in verse 7, it says this. It says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctant or under compulsion. Mm. So the idea of how to give is that I'm not, I'm not going to be nice to you and generous to you because I have to. Mm. No, I'm not being under compulsion. I want to desire to. Yeah. I want to have it out of my own free will that I'm doing it. So it's not out of an attitude of, well, I have to do this. This is what husbands have to do. I'm a spiritual leader. Therefore, I have to um, reluctantly, you know, sacrifice these things I really want to do so that, no, my heart should be of one of a will, of free will. Yeah. It's like what Christ, Yeah, you know, that's when a, he was headed to the cross, like how was his heart? <laughs> it was to give, yeah. not reluctantly. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, that's a good um, a point that we, um, we start from what we've been given and that's how we can give and then why we give is out of a free will because we desire to i love that okay so a spiritual leader is generous um number two is a spiritual leader encourages and uplifts so constantly encouraging using their words to um, just uplift their family so what kind of leader would i be or how would you feel if as a leader i was just constantly criticizing you i'd feel crushed i yeah i would feel broken (laughs) i would feel like worthless Right. Let's say I desired you to, to be in the word more, but every day I was just like, I was like, why don't you ever open your Bible? Like, why don't you, you just never do that. Like, do you even like, like the Bible? Do you ever, like, what if I talked that way to you? I would feel really down. Yeah. Would it inspire you to read the, read more? Probably not. <laughs> and if it did, it probably wouldn't be like the right heart you were doing it. You're yeah. like, I'm just going to open the Bible because my husband doesn't love me. Yeah. And like I'd, it would break you. Yeah. Right. And, uh, that would just be the opposite of leadership. And I've had bosses that, talk that way they're always criticizing always like you're never good enough mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work um and we, could you tell them the um what's that principle we learned when it comes to our um you know how we raise our children yeah we were encouraged um what was this like two or three years ago um when you're training up your children and and interacting with them that there should be a ratio of 90 percent affirmation and 10 percent correction yeah just a good a good way of thinking like yeah you know, most Job, of the time it should be it was a great encouragement for us to hear as yeah. parents because then we're not going around the house constantly criticizing and correcting our children we, which it, is how i feel often is it's most well, of the day is it's hard correction. with little kids because yeah. especially when there's multiples because then you're like stop yeah. arguing don't do that no stop come back you know and it could feel very overwhelming quickly mm-hmm. but if you remember this ratio it helps you mm-hmm. to encourage and be a little bit more uplifting and so we were talking about this episode and we were like man this is so um pertinent to marriage as well like if right if i was 90 percent 
you know, correcting you and, you know, exhorting you and telling you I how you're I wouldn't want to failing. be around you. That <laughs> <laughs> would be terrible. I'd be like, just go. Just leave yeah. somewhere. <laughs> um, but this is a good, um, you know, most of these are for the husband, but this is a good all around. Yeah, for both. Um, like, if you're a wife and you're just, like, 90% of the words out of your mouth are a critici- criticism mm-hmm. of your husband, mm-hmm. it is destructive. Yeah. Um, and we do this. Husbands do it to their wives. But we should just be, just we need to get into our, a mindset of, how can we just be mostly encouraging? Especially because when you affirm someone in a behavior that they have or in mm-hmm. a way that they are, you're you're supporting them in that behavior and they're going to want to keep doing it. Yeah, it's it's just a destructive mentality of to be to have that out of whack. Yeah. Um, and when you put the you know that ratio, the ninety ten rule, um, it helps you to to recognize it when you feel like most of the day, like man, I I just I feel like I haven't said a th- kind thing to my wife yeah. all day. Then your ratio's off. You should you should feel like you haven't you know had a, a criticism in a while. That should be the yeah. the, the ratio. Like man, like I. And it should never be criticism, actually. Right. Um, you know, exhortation is probably a better word of yeah. like, I'm strongly encouraging you yeah. to change this aspect of your life. Um, I'm strong. That's what an exor- exhortation mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. A strong encouragement to change something, to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, like, babe, I, I really think you should get up this morning and get in the word. It's I just, more of an encouragement. Yeah, I've noticed you haven't been in the word lately and you probably are feeling it. And you'd be like, you're right. right. I haven't <laughs> been in the word lately. I need yeah. to get in the word. So it's much different than, yeah. you know, coming at it from a, a criticism. Right. Um, but... Yeah, a spiritual leader should be encouraging and uplifting. Yeah, and I want to add to that um, we should never uh, withhold affirmation just because we're not getting it. So there's uh, yeah. that kind of attitude can seep up really quickly. And yeah, I'm not we've struggled with it good, in the past. I'm not so, going to tell you being a good wife because like you haven't been encouraging me lately. Yeah, so I just want to <laughs> throw that out there just so that those listening know that like if you're doing that, it needs to stop. Yeah, and so as the husband, as the spiritual leader... Um, lead in that. Yeah. Be an encourager. Encourage the growth in your wife. I think of the word in um, Ephesians five twenty five, is as husband loves your wives as Christ loves the church, washing her by the water with the word. I think of the word wash. Mm-hmm. Um, washing is a very specific word. It's a gentle thing, like when you wash a baby. Mm-hmm. Like you don't like dunk them under the water <laughs> and like scrub their face. I mean, some kids they're, they're real dirty, but <laughs> but washing is a very gentle thing because yeah. you could hurt the skin. The skin's mm-hmm. sensitive. Um, but all you gotta do is you know clean the, the clean the outside, right? That's what a washing is, yeah. and so we're, that's a, a good word to think of. Like, how can I wash my wife today? Not mm-hmm. how can I break her mm-hmm. or transform her or change her or like you know get her. Like that's those other words are very um, harsh yeah. and destructive. Where washing is very gentle and it's for the purpose of cleaning. Mm-hmm. It's for the purpose of coming out better on the other side, not right. worse. Yeah. So we have um, a couple scriptures to read on this idea of encouragement. The first one's in First Thessalonians five eleven. And it says this, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And Paul was encouraging the Thessalonians to be encouragers, build each other up. Mm-hmm. Don't destroy each other. Don't be backbiting, but build each other up. It's the purpose of the church that we love one another, that we serve one another, that we become stronger. Mm-hmm. So it should be a trait in us that we are encouragers, that we build each other up, that my marriage, recognizing that we're one, that I build you up, not tear you down. You know, it's it's probably goes without saying, but you know, a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, that's really good. And I have um, Proverbs sixteen twenty four to share, and it says, "Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body," which I love because sometimes we don't realize the impact or power that our words have. But this um, imagery just gives mm-hmm. a really soft picture of how your words can impact, especially a wife, a woman um, who you know you're leading. And so I just I, I love that picture. Yeah, and our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our words are powerful. They 
our words are like God's words to them because they, they are learning to know God yeah. through us. Yeah. And so um, not to say that our words are God's words, but hopefully we are saying God's mm-hmm. words to them. Um, but yeah, gr- you know, gracious words. And that's essentially what encouragement is, is using words, mm-hmm. using our the, that, the things that are in our heart and making words and using them to build up. Yeah, and if you're struggling with that, like if you're thinking like, well, what are some things I can say mm-hmm. to encourage my wife today? There's nothing wrong with taking a minute to think about it. And you know- It's actually something great about that. <laughs> I mean, it's really important. And so I would just encourage you to take, take a moment, start thinking about the things that you love about your, your family, mm-hmm. take time to consider the good things that are happening and, and draw those out with your words. Yeah. And if you don't have your own words, you know, maybe in the beginning of this and you're like, man, I don't know what to do. Start with God's words. Yeah. Use what the Bible says about your wife and your kids and just leave little notes with scriptures and say, Hey, think about this today. Uh, she's she's going to love that. <laughs> I know you like that I when do I like do that. little letters for you. I do. Um, so let's move on to the third uh, the third trait of a spiritual leader. So a spiritual leader leads by example. Again, should go without saying, yeah. but the best leaders lead by example, not by bossing people around. Yeah. Like, And I've learned this um, the hard way. Um, I want you to change an area. I want you to be a certain way. And yet I'm not willing to be that mm-hmm. first. Actually, we found the f- most impact when you realized like, I should just be walking the- this way like let's say reading the Bible more, you started doing that more and setting that tone, and yep. all of a sudden I'm like coming up behind you. Hey, what are you reading about? Hey, what well, can and I, I remember you even saying like, I feel like I have to catch up to you. Yeah, <laughs> not that it was a race, but no, you but noticed. I want to be there with you. You noticed I was in the Word and that you, you weren't. Yeah. And so instead of me going to you and being like, you should be in the Word every day. I just did it, yeah. which is what I should be doing anyway. I should be in the Word. Yeah. You know. More recently, it's been um, with how you've been so disciplined in working out and me, you mm. know, being postpartum and my body feeling a little bit weak. I'm like excited to go, get, you know, get back into a routine of that. Right, which is not how we used to be. No way. We used to, yeah. I used to be so lazy and just that, that was a hard, that was a struggle yeah. for me. And one other, one other uh, example is um, I used to you know, desire me like, man, I wish my wife would just like want me sexually. I wish she would just come to me and I wish you, but then what I would do is I was like, you know, anytime I'd think that way, I'd try and change it and be like, well, what does my wife desire? Mm. Like, oh, I bet you she'd love a foot massage. And so instead of, again, going back to the generosity, thinking about you first, instead of getting bitter and thinking like, why aren't you doing this for me? I would go and serve you in that way and be, and not even ask mm-hmm. for anything or even tell you I just start massaging your feet and you'd be yeah. like what, what are you doing hey. <laughs> and I'm like oh I just wanted to yeah. bless you you know your legs and you know oftentimes it would turn into something more mm-hmm. um, again I wouldn't go with the goal of tricking you or anything right. I truly wanted to serve you and it was mm-hmm. a good way of switching and saying how can I serve you instead of being served mm-hmm. how can I give to you instead of being given to mm-hmm. and it becomes an example to you. You see me serving you in that way and you think, wow, I want to serve him in that way also. Um, Same with our kids. And what's a bad example? Um, Not not necessarily a bad example, but how, how powerful is our example in our home? We just wanted to take a quick break to ask you if you are enjoying this content, would you please leave a star review and a comment review? This helps us spread the word about Marriage After God and and just all the episodes that we have to offer. And we would love uh, just to get that reach out there. So please, again, if you have a moment, just um, take that time to leave a star review and a comment review for us. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the episode. Well, I feel like even when you're not being intentional with certain things, like you're still setting an example by the way that you're living, the choices that you're making, the things that yeah, you like. Yeah, all of the little things. Every I day. mean, even at, I, if I just think about like our son and how he kind of mimics you, um, the first thing that comes to my mind is you love movies. Like you're constantly, you'll even go to the movies by yourself. Um, you're it's checking. Like my favorite thing you'll to do. check like, oh, it's playing at the movies, and so they hear that, they're seeing that, yeah. and our son 
loves movies. He's only five, and he is yep. like, and we don't always, even have a TV in the house. He's always asking, and just recently <laughs> he was like, um, "Mom, is it still summer?" And I'm like, "Yeah, why?" And he goes, "Cause that's when all the kid movies come out," <laughs> and he knows, like, yeah. And I was, I, I was like, "Do you there? know that we were just talking about movies?" And he's like, "No, I just want to know if there's movies out that I can see." <laughs> so that's just one one little example of how even when you're not paying attention, you're not yeah. realizing the kind of example you're setting. You're still setting one. Yeah, and that goes for the negative things, yeah. like when we have hidden sin in our life. Oh yeah. Um, we, we cannot be deceived to think that our hidden sin is not going to be an example to our family. Right. Somehow, some way, it is going to lead your children mm-hmm. in the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to trickle down to your marriage and your marriage bed and all of those things. And so realize that you're being an example, whether it's a good one or a bad one. Right. So as a spiritual leader, you want to be a biblical one. Right. Um, speaking of being a biblical one, do you want to read James 1.22? Yeah, James 1.22 says this. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. James is talking about this idea of, of what the word says. Mm-hmm. Are we doing it or are we only listening to it? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, of course I should I should be a spiritual leader, but I'm not. Oh yeah, of course like the Bible encourages me to read the Bible and, and let, tell the word of God to my kids, but I'm not doing it. So I'm just being a hearer and not a doer and I'm being deceived. Mm-hmm. That's literally what it is. I'm deceived into thinking that I'm anything that this says I am. If I don't do what it says. Right. And if you're not doing, I'll say this, if you are reading it and doing what it says, it's going to weed out all those bad examples that you could be setting. Right. Because it's going to slowly start revealing them to me. And transforming you. And transforming because that's what the word of God does. It renews our minds. And so as to be an example, are we being doers of the word of God? And that's the example that we're going to leave for our family is we're we're doing what it says in front of them and in secret. And speaking of that, we're gonna lead. It's gonna lead us into the next one, which is a spiritual leader knows the word and teaches it to their children. Yep. And so, not only are we doers of the word, but if we're in this daily, um, and we have a, we have an episode about family Bible time, and how we want the Bible to be a centerpiece of our home, mm-hmm. and not just a visual centerpiece, but it, our kids know that we make decisions based off of how this teaches us. We teach them what this says. Mm-hmm. We open it up. They see us reading the Bible. We we tell them often, like, oh, you know what God says about that? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know where, you know, in your life you can apply what this says to your life? And they see it, and they hear it. And so we are responsible to know what this word says. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we like to tell husbands, like, you're the pastor of your home. The pastor that you go get taught by on Sunday mornings is not the pastor of your children, is not the pastor of your wife. You are. You are required to know and be doing and living what this book says because it's the word of God to us. And as the head, as Jesus, he came and he disseminated the word of God. He was God. And then he passed it down to the, the apostles and they wrote the rest of this so that, that we can now do the same. Mm-hmm. And so we, we're, we're called to know this and to teach it. And you, you've seen the example of when I know this and teach it versus when I don't walk in this or read it or mm-hmm. do it. You know, when, when you see me leading our kids in this, do you see better fruit in their lives or worse fruit? I absolutely see better fruit. Yeah, and at the end of the day, our desire is that our kids know God. Mm -hmm. And my desire is that you grow closer to God and that we as a family are godly Mm -hmm. and that we are pursuing Him. And as Joshua said, for me and my household, we are going to serve the Lord, Mm -hmm. you know. And so my challenge to the the husbands watching right now and listening right now is, do you open your Word of God? Do you know it? And it doesn't mean you're a Bible scholar, 
but it means you you know where books of the Bible, you know where the Old Testament is and the New Testament is. You you understand who the writers are and and what and where and the context and you and you do that by getting into it, by learning it, by listening to it, by having mm-hmm. older people that are better at it teaching you about it. And don't feel discouraged if you don't know any of that right now today. But hopefully it motivates you to get started. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a, um, a little bit of encouragement that I gave someone this morning. They said, I want to get in, start doing a Bible time with my family. Um, no, they, they, this is what they said. they said. They said, oh, I definitely need to start reading the Bible to my kids. My message was, start today. Yeah, yeah, don't <laughs> like, wait. Don't put like, it Like, what off. are you waiting for? Like, all you got to do is open up in Genesis and just start. If you can read, you can read. Mm-hmm. Open it up. And then what you do is you say, God... Teach me what this is saying. Mm -hmm. Teach me how to understand this because the Holy Spirit is the teacher of all things Mm -hmm. that this is. He's the one that decides what we know about it. You know, he teaches us. Do you want to read the scripture that kind of um, is what encouraged us and motivated us to be teaching our kids daily? Yeah, this is in Deuteronomy chapter 11 and it starts in verse 18. And God is telling the, the, the fathers, the leaders of the people of Israel, he's saying, this is what I want you to do with my words. This is what God's telling the people. And this is the word of God. It's actually in parentheses. It's his words. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house, and when you are walking by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates." That your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, as long as the heavens are above the earth. So the context is God talking to the people of Israel, but the principles are still true. Mm -hmm. God desires us, the spiritual leaders of our homes, to be have, have God's words applied this way. When we're walking, when we're sitting, when we're lying down, when we're waking up, he wants us to know it. He wants us to disseminate it to our children because if we don't teach our kids, they will never know, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't want that. We want them to know. Yeah. So can I ask you a question that I think those listening or some of those who are listening might have? Yeah. Okay, so what happens if, um, let's say, the the mother or the wife Mm -hmm. is doing a lot of the uh, spiritual teaching in the home throughout the day? Um, Why is it important for the father or the husband to be teaching as well? Well, uh, first of all, I think the father and the husband should be doing the majority of the teaching. Mm-hmm. That's the, the, the direction and the guidance and the majority of the pastoring should be from the father. But we know that there's going to be some situations where the husband's not. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not even a believer. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that the mother is, I mean, you have a huge role, mm-hmm. a major role. It's not like you're exempt from teaching our kids right. about God. Right. Um, everything you do is to teach them about God. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say don't stop doing it, but don't do it in a way that hinders your husband from doing it. Mm-hmm. Don't get in the way like if your husband's desiring if like let's say after watching this and listening to this they're like yeah I actually want to start doing this mm-hmm. don't hinder them don't say well you're doing it wrong right. do, do it this way you can definitely encourage them outside of the you know the room with yeah. your children and yeah. say hey how about we try this how about we try this and what would you say to the husband listening right now who maybe is reliant on his wife teaching the kids I think it's a it's a it's a broken order mm. for a husband to outsource all of his spiritual leadership to his wife, mm. and I don't think that's healthy. I think it's backwards, and I think it's lazy. Mm. And I've done it. I, I you know we we all don't have husbands that or we have wives that are always saying like. I do all of this and my husband doesn't want to do any of it. Or just expressing a desire for their husband right. to step up. That's w- w- one reason why I'm asking because I know that there's a lot of wives who desire this from their husband yeah. and maybe they're kind of just taking a back seat. But there has to be there has to be a 
willingness to mm-hmm. um, step down a little bit so mm-hmm. that the husband can operate in that way. Yeah. And I would say um, to the wives listening, if, if this is you and your husband's maybe taking that backseat, to be praying for him every day yeah, that he him. does want to step into that role because it really is an important one, not just for your children, but for you as well, to yeah. lead you in that way. Uh, and a, and a, a little um, biblical trick, something that we learned from Second uh, Peter about um, how you can be encouraging your husband. Remember, not criticizing. You never teach the kids. You're never in the Word of God. Not criticizing, but encouraging. Go to your husband with biblical questions. Yeah. Like earnest questions. Like don't go and like try and trick him or like, you know, in a, in a facetious way. But go and say, hey, I was reading today in, you know, in Matthew. And what do you think Jesus meant by this? Mm. Now, eventually a husband that's not spiritually leading is going to wonder why you're asking him. <laughs> and then eventually what's going to happen is, that, you know, us men, we love being needed. Yeah. And if you came to me daily with like biblical questions, again, not in a facetious way, but in an earnest way, like, hey, I would, I really want to know your opinion on this. Yeah. Eventually, that husband's going to be like, I need to actually open up the Bible and see what she's at, why she's asking me these things. Yeah. And you might encourage him through your, you know, your your spirit of coming to him and wanting him to lead that way, mm-hmm. to lead. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. So that was just a little trick you should try if you <laughs> if you have a husband that maybe isn't fully embracing this role. And uh, it might encourage them to get in the Word of God and start leading in that way. Okay, so we're going to move on to the next one, which is a spiritual leader has an even temperament. This is a big one. This um, has been a huge growth area for you. It is because I used to get very angry, very impatient. impatient. I would say impatient was your biggest one. Yeah, and you know, just just for the sake of stability in the home, if you or my kids never know where I'm going to be emotionally, like I'm here and then I'm here and then I'm like, oh, work was hard, so I'm going to be frustrated. Oh, I just had a fun day with my friends and now I'm in a good mood. And, you know, all the uh, my mood is totally dictated by outside things all the time, which we can't always avoid. Um, no one has a perfect control of their spirit. We're, we're slowly being sanctified in this mm-hmm. through the Holy Spirit. But if we have an even temperament, meaning the majority of the time, you know exactly how I'm going to be. Yeah. I'm, in a, I'm in a fairly joyful and cheerful mood. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean everything's perfect. It doesn't mean I'm not like, oh, I had a hard day. You know, like I, but I don't let the external circumstances dictate whether or not I'm just going to be angry. Yeah. And like, oh, you had nothing to do with it, but I'm mad at you. And you're mm. going to take the brunt of it because X, Y, Z. It cultivates an environment for healthy um, growth and maturity and spirituality. But instead of being a thermometer, I'm a thermostat. Mm. A thermometer just reacts to the temperature. It tells you what it is. It t- just tells you what the temperature is. Like, so <laughs> if, if it's hot outside, I'm hot. Mm. If it's cold inside, I'm cold. A thermostat sets the temperature. That's really good. So as a spiritual leader, I have the ability to set the temperature in my home. Mm-hmm. And we've seen this. I, I've been trying to practice this a lot lately because I used to, like, I'm usually pretty even killed except for when you're <laughs> doing this. And so I've tried lately, not always successful in my own um, self-control, but I've tried, like, when I know you're, you know, with the baby and you're just tired and, and overwhelmed and you're a little frustrated instead of also being frustrated, like, why aren't you just, you know, why don't you just get over it? Why don't you blah, 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 you know, how I would usually react. I've been trying to, like, keep... A temper, a temperature in the house that mm-hmm. is more uplifted. Be like, yeah. hey, like, I, I get that. how you feel. You know, I, that was a more hard night. But just, just remember, like, we can actually, you know, walk in the spirit still. Yeah. I love you. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. And like, remind you, encourage you, but, but kind of keep a up tempo in my spirit so mm-hmm. that you're. I'm not elevating my spirit to what where you're at. Yeah, I've actually noticed that this has been a huge game changer for us because it stops me in my tracks. Like sometimes you don't see how you're responding or reacting and in a situation. Going, you're yeah. kind of just going. Um, so the moment you come in with a different 
temperature than me, I, I immediately noticed that it's kind of jolting in a good way. Yeah. And so um, it can it can help me change uh, for the better. But I do want to say that um, even though we're talking about a spiritual leader being even temperament, I think mm-hmm. it's so important for wives to be as well. I think that this right. is one of those two part, you know, everybody plays a role in the family and setting that tone or mm-hmm. that atmosphere um, is really is really crucial for the whole family. Um, but I do want to read Proverbs seventeen twenty seven. It says, whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Yeah, so again, as a, as a leader, we have underst- we're supposed to have understanding. We're mm-hmm. supposed to walk with our wives in an understanding way. Mm-hmm. And that cool spirit, it's, it's this idea that it's like, no, everything's, we're, I'm, I'm stable. Be cool. <laughs> and the way, again, we, I go all the way back to what we talked about with Christ, you know, and, and him being the catalyst for all yeah. this. Like, because of Christ, I can. Yeah. Because of the spirit, I can. Yeah. And I can have a cool spirit because I have... Christ and I have the Holy Spirit in me and it doesn't mean that I'm perfect every moment of the day but it does mean that I can walk in a stable and cool spirit and I should that should be the majority of my my life Mm -hmm. um right Mm -hmm. and it it just makes for like our kids don't feel crazy or in a you know the house is nicer more peaceful (laughs) peace that's a good word is that's what it brings is peace to the home and to everyone's heart yeah so the next one is a spiritual leader controls his tongue this is a hard one. <laughs> tongue. Uh, James tells us that the tongue is a small flame that can set a mighty fire. Yeah. Right? Actually, I'm going to read James uh, 126. Um, chapter 3 talks about taming the tongue. Yeah. But uh, in James 126, it says, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. So if we claim to be godly men and spiritual leaders, then we, we need to learn to control our tongue and to, to think before we speak, which mm-hmm. is essentially what it is. I'm, gonna, mm-hmm. I'm frustrated right now, and what I want to say is this, but I, I'm not going to say it, or I'm going to find another way to say it. Mm-hmm. And that we control our tongue, otherwise we're just going to, man, we're going dis- to set a fire in our home mm-hmm. that we can't put out. And we, so that, that controlling of the tongue is super important for a spiritual leader. It's important for anyone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were talking about being an example. I think, you know, you, using your tongue and the words that you say, um, this is one of those areas where you really do set an example and you should be intentional about the words that you use. I just think about kids, you know, they, yeah. they literally will say anything that you say and they don't really know the meaning mm. or the impact, but as they get older, they'll, they'll learn it. Um, and so I think it's really important that, um, we just pay attention to what we're saying, how we're saying it is really important. Can I give one good example? Sure. Okay, so this this is not necessarily about like saying bad words, but it's about speaking incorrectly, mm. like the kinds of things that we say. So um, I, I'm picky when it comes to food, not picky as in I won't eat anything, but I like to talk about my food. And so we'll be eating and I'll explain how I don't like this or, you know, oh, Too much seasoning this is or not enough. This not, and what happens is our kids start talking that way in, instead of us teaching them to be thankful yeah. and to just enjoy what they're eating they're now critiquing mom's meal <laughs> and, and you're like Thanks what so. i just made this <laughs> and so we've I, i've learned i'm like man i have to actually be careful like if i say i don't like this or that's gross or that my kids are hearing that and they're thinking like oh that's how i'm going to describe the things that i'm eating too yeah. um and you used to say i'm going to talk about food again um you know my wife loves sweets and oh. um, so her <laughs> I way realized of, it though I know well, I, had, I, I realized it I'm like but actually okay this is what I used to say yeah. I, I would say hurry up and finish your dinner so you can have the good stuff and so what we realized was that the kids you know were considering that the dessert was the good stuff and not their vegetables not their meat and that was <laughs> a skewed perspective of food so we were training them 
what was good and what was bad by the way we were talking. Yeah, I didn't so, realize it for a couple of years. Yeah, so we need to have control over our tongues and recognize that the things we say have power and they have authority mm-hmm. and that they can sway and change and train. Mm-hmm. And so we need to recognize that. Yeah, and be intentional. Yeah. So, you know, our, our tongues have the power of life and death. That's what the Bible tells us. And so we need to recognize that and realize the power that they have mm-hmm. and we need to control them and learn how to control them. If we don't have control over them, we need to not give ourselves excuses. Just and, start and, training and We need to start training and mm-hmm. asking the Lord to change that in us. Okay, so the very last one is a spiritual leader seeks after God and his kingdom. Yeah. Like I said in the beginning, we're not talking about spiritual leadership because of what I want to get out of it, because of I want to have the control, I want to be in charge. Um, no, our heart as spiritual leaders should be to seek God's kingdom and His kingdom first and foremost. And so the reason I'm trying to lead my family biblically is for the purposes of God's kingdom, is for his, what He wants and what He desires. And that's what we're doing as a family. That's what I'm leading my kids to do. So when they grow up, they have the same desire mm-hmm. to, lead, to lead their families so that they can serve God in His kingdom. So why don't you read Matthew 6.33? So Matthew 6.33 says this but seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you and all the things that he's talking about are food and clothing right so he's saying mm-hmm. we're gonna god's gonna take care of you and all the things that we as men freak out about like how are we gonna pay the bills how are we gonna you know yeah. and, you, and god's like no, no no seek first my kingdom so how does a husband how does a, a father seek his kingdom well i i know his word as we talked about mm-hmm. I, I pray and I say Lord what are you doing with my family mm-hmm. where are you taking us what's your desire for me I love you as Christ loves the church because again we're an example to the world mm-hmm. we're a witness to his of his goodness and his gospel and so when I'm loving you well and people see that we're a witness to the world and so just on a base level like mm-hmm. just by my family being managed well and loved mm-hmm. well and growing well and maturing well and discipling well I'm seeking his kingdom. Mm-hmm. When my kids go off and are godly men and women, mm-hmm. they are spreading the gospel. I'm seeking his kingdom. Mm-hmm. When I'm cherishing you and loving you and serving you and you can then pour out to younger women in our fellowship, we're seeking his kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's the the basis of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's why our marriage exists. It's why we exist. It's why Christ saved us so that we could be used for his glory so we could be parts of his body and his body's doing lots of awesome things in the world. And so you want to be a spiritual leader? Your heart should be not to seek your own kingdom and to build your own kingdom, but it should be to seek and build God's kingdom. And so that's the seven, those aren't the only seven, but that's the seven that we came up with as a, just to give you a good starting place um, of what it looks like to be a spiritual leader, the traits that you should desire and ask God to give you more of. And, you know, I just, I want to ask you, do you, are you wanting to be a spiritual leader? Are you wanting to um, uh, build your family up in this way and lead your family in this way? then you just you need to ask God to, to start that in you today because mm-hmm. he desires it for you. He desires you to lead your family like that. I bet you anything your wife's probably thinking like, oh, I'd love that if my husband led me like that. Well, I'd love to share my personal experience of having a spiritual leader. I feel secure in our relationship, in our home. I trust you. I trust the things that you say mm-hmm. and where you're taking us and what we're doing and the, the businesses that we have and everything that you're building up in our family and in our home. I trust you, and I feel secure, yeah. and um, and I love it. Awesome. That's our hearts for you guys. Um, we thank you for uh, being a part of this episode, and uh, we just pray that you guys would just take on the roles that God's given you, and that you guys would pursue being a marriage after God, and that you would work for His kingdom. So we love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Did you enjoy today's show? Find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com. And let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage.
We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur a financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron.